I'm Tom Morello, host of Maximum Firepower, a weekly podcast focusing on the music, the moments, and the movements that have shaped my worldview and left an indelible mark on me as an artist and activist. Correct with Maximum Firepower. You and me. This is Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. I'm Tom Morello. This is Maximum Firepower. My guest today is a spectacular firebrand young artist named Femme. That's P-H-E-M. She uh, makes an appearance on my new album, The Atlas Underground Fire, on a song that we did together called Night Witch. She is currently on tour. We're recording this when she's up in Seattle in an alley. What's going on, fam? How are you? It's good to see you, Tom, of course. Always yeah. a pleasure. I actually have been listening to your album a lot um, while being in on the road driving. It's a good driving album. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased to hear that helping to wa- to while away the hours. So let's just let's just start like I just want to sort of explain to folks like well, I made this record kind of in the plague times in total isolation and a number of the artists who appear on it are people that I've known for a while from like Bruce Springsteen to the guys in Refused to Fantagram. Uh, but there are artists that I discovered that I loved and discovered during this time and you were one of them. You know, like your name sort of came at me from a couple of different places. Sometimes I sort of reach out to friends and go, like, tell me a great song that you've heard recently from an artist that I may not be familiar with. And like you came up, you know what I'm saying? So then I like, yeah, so I reached into your catalog there and just spectacular. And you're just like, you're so cool and so badass. And I really appreciate you. So anyway, I reached out not having any idea whether perhaps you've heard of any of my catalog. Like, hi, my name's Tom. I, you know, to would like to do a song maybe and you were enthusiastic which i was pleased to hear fuck yeah dude of course they're <laughs> legends so, so what was that we you know we we first connected and how was that yeah i mean like you know i got a text and it was like hi this is tom morello <laughs> and i was like for sure okay cool tom morello just texted me the fuck yeah you you've won a contest <laughs> yeah, you've won a contest. I'm like, is this real life? Um, yeah, and I happened to have been in a session when you texted me. So I was like, cool, send the tracks over like right now. And you sent me like, I think three different instrumentals. And yep. I did a couple because I was like, there's no way in hell I'm not ending up on this album. I'm going to give him options. Yeah. Because fuck it. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. Um, the Night Witch, um, that song, like I had said before, it really reminded me of, York. Mm. Um, I just knew I could like sing well on it. Like I, yeah. I could like let it rip a little bit more. So yeah, you just came. You just came. Char- I remember like it, it happened really fast. Like I sent you three. Kill Dave and I made those tracks, and uh, right. he's he's a great producer. And I, I sent him a bunch of riffs, and he kind of like helped me put them together in tracks. And you responded to them immediately, and I was like, well, we have our choice of a number of them that sound pretty great. So anyway, so the song Night Witch, how it kind of came about was, you sent these great vocals, there were great hooks, there was great lyrics to it. I thought like, maybe we can give it like some kind of, you know, sort of take it out of the now and give it some sort of historical context. So I had the notion to make it about the Night Witches. The Night Witches were uh, an all-female bombing squad in World War II in the Red Army who blew the shit out of the Nazis. It was like all so women. Dope. 
Yeah, and they were they flew in gliders, and the sound that the gliders made from the ground, someone might mistake for like a witch's broom going overhead. And at first, the Germans, like the the bad guys, called them witches because in a, like a derogatory way. But they came mm-hmm. to sort of like came to like sort of own that title and own that name. So I thought, what if we take this kind of dark romantic breakup song and put it in the cockpit of a World War II bomber mm-hmm. and uh, and all of a sudden it came together and it was really really great it's one of my favorite songs on the record and, and you know I recorded a lot of songs for this but I was like for sure that's going to be one of the 12. So dope yeah I know I remember you sent me like an article explaining what a night witch was and I was like whoa okay awesome like that's even better I'm like we don't need another like just distressed love song we can like spin it and make it more interesting i'm like okay i see you tom i see you i get it uh well i i love your vocals on the record so so tell me you know as like who's on your mount rushmore of vocalists like who's your give me you don't you can change your mind tomorrow just off the top of your head give me your four i mean honestly i think bjork is like amazing um I know this is like totally like a different genre, but I love Doja Cat. Yeah, sure. Think that she, the way that she like does her melodies is crazy. Um, damn. Um, I don't know her name, but the singer of Phanagram is actually yeah, one yeah, of my yeah, yeah. favorite singers. And that track is fire. That's a great driving track, obviously. And yeah. it's also <laughs> like that's in the title. But um, I don't know. Who else do I love as a vocalist? Who else do I like? I'm bringing <laughs> you guys. I'm sorry. I'm That's like, all right. Well, take three. It can be a three a three headed Mount Rushmore. It's it's totally. I I like Cher too. I like Cher because I feel like she was really um, instrumental in like the auto tune thing. Like she was like the OG T Pain. Like even in his documentary, <laughs> he was like when he when he hurt and I and I I just think Cher is just such a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she did a lot of like cool experimental things with her yeah. voice, which I appreciate. Yeah, I, well, let's talk about Cher for a second because that's going to sort of lean into the next thing I want to talk about. Like, she's iconic for a number of reasons. But I remember as a, you know, growing up in a in a small, super homophobic town in Illinois, mm-hmm. right? Super mm-hmm. homophobic town. That there was always something about Cher. And I sort of remember hearing, and this is like without social media, like sort of hearing Guys. that like the... Like, she had a connection to the LGBT community. Like, this is decades ago, like decades and decades and decades ago, in a way that kind of gave sustenance to people in small towns like mine. You know what I mean? Like, she was, like, sort of a hero and a champion and an icon. But anyway, right. so so I had, I had texted you last night. I was like, what are some some areas that you'd like? Let's let's talk, because I know, I knowing a little bit about kind of your fan base, and there's, like, mm-hmm. a, ra- a rabid contingent of your fan base. And so, like, talk about how the idea of sexuality or fluid sexuality sort of feeds into your art and your fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a queer person I, you know i've dated women i've dated men i've dated non-binary people like i i and i don't really identify i mean i go with the she her pronouns because i'm i don't need to necessarily change them like to be comfortable in my own skin and but i do consider myself like non-binary in a lot of ways because i don't think that i fit into the norm gender norm of like what a female is and um you know, growing up, like it was a little difficult to explain that to my parents. I think they were just like, what, what? I don't understand. (laughs) And so I kind of just like kept it low key, but being in music and like writing about that feeling and that experience, like helped me figure out that it's okay to feel that way. And there's so many other people that do. So it is a big, 
subject in a lot of the music that I make. And I do think it's really important as an artist, you know, to be able to express yourself and your sexuality through your music. And it's the place to do it, like, you know, for Cher or for anyone else, like being a voice for people who don't feel represented in music. I am. I feel good about that, you know, and it helped me figure out a lot of things, too. So. Yeah, I mean, music Music is not just, one of the things I think is important is that music is not just an act of creation, it's an act of self-creation. And you help discover, like, who you are through the process of creating music. And that's, you know, that's sort of like one of the hidden benefits. You think, like, when you pick up a guitar, yeah. like, like, I want to sound like a guy in this band. But, like, as you sort of blossom into a musician or an artist or whatever sort of lane of it you, you lean into, you find out who you are in ways that you could not have otherwise. Wow. You literally have, you said that so perfectly. Like, I feel like I've been trying to explain that, but that's exactly it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's and a double, it's like a gift for everyone involved. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's the surprise of it too. Like that's why I remember really early on when I moved to Hollywood, uh, the singer of the band I was in, he was friends with, uh, Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction. Perry was always this kind of like font of wisdom. And and he would, you know, he would, you know, one thing he said to me, he's like, everyone should write songs. Like everyone is, everyone is a poet. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the reason why you're not writing poetry is because you've squashed that part of yourself. Everyone is a poet. And like you find it really helps you. It, they, you don't have to, your poems don't have to be in a, in a, a bound book in the Library of Congress, you know, they can be in your heart or written on a piece of paper, or you can tell them to someone or put them in, put them in a song. But it's right. but the process of art is really one of self discovery, which which mm-hmm. whether it's whether it's painting this that or other. But I think music in particular, having the current that what I used to teach guitar lessons to like around Hollywood, and when people would come, absolute beginners would come, and on the first day, but before they left in that first hour, if they had never touched an instrument before, I would have them write a song. Wow. And, and so it would like sort of even if they, you know, like the second dot hit that three, like to sort of demystify the idea that people who write songs, the people that tap into the songwriting thing are some magical people. They're not. Right, uh, right, you, right, right. You and I have met a lot of them. They're not. Trust yeah. us. They're, <laughs> they're not so magical. They're not. They're not. Um, <laughs> and and really, it takes nothing other than like the will to do it to be a songwriter, mm-hmm. and it has a lot of great benefits to that on the side. So anyway. yeah, and 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 letting go of the self judgment, right? I think yeah. that's maybe the biggest tool is like because if you're pent up and you don't want to release anything because you're just too critical on yourself, it's it's difficult to be creative. You yeah. Know? That happens a lot. Um, whoever got guitar lessons from you is a very <laughs> special person. I can't even imagine being like, Hey mom, can you take me to my guitar lesson? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, crazy. it was so it's, it is fun. I was, I had this little, like, like one room apartment in Hollywood. And I don't know why, like, you know, dads would drop their kids off yeah. and whatnot. I'm like, yeah. I like, all you have to do is go by my word that like, I'm not some super shady yeah, dude. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, Crazy. But anyway, it was a, it was, it was helpful to like, I took, when I started playing guitar, I took two really shitty guitar lessons that made me not play guitar for four years I put the guitar away. And so I had that in my mind when I started teaching other people. Like, you have to, because that, that bar right at the beginning, if you get squashed, 
you're mm-hmm. never you're done and you're out forever. And who knows, you might be Mozart or Eddie Van Halen or whatever, but you're done if you get what, that. Was it just like they didn't speak to you kindly or they were no, like judgmental? It was, I, like, I was so, I was, I loved music. At the time it was like Kiss and Led Zeppelin for me. Like I loved, right. I loved those bands and I bought a music book and I wanted to learn Detroit Rock City and I wanted to learn Black Dog. And I, went in, I was like, teach me these magical songs that I'm so, they're like, today we're going to learn how to tune the guitar. I'm like, mm. Okay, that sounds super boring, but I'll pay my dues. And the next day I went back, I'm like, okay, today we're going to learn the C major scale. I'm like, I'm out. Like, I'm out. Like, that's, I don't, I'm out. <laughs> they didn't out. capitalize on the the hunger that you had no. like, in the moment. No, yeah. yeah, it's it's music. It's called playing guitar, not working guitar. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't want to work. I don't want to work. My guest today on Maximum Firepower is singer, songwriter, awesome, badass, Femme, let's talk a little bit about um, mental health and, you know, musicians and gentlemen, but that is a, is that a theme that runs in your music? Because in, you know, I had a long sort of lovely and in the end sort of tragic relationship with my good friend, Chris Cornell, who wrestled with demons kind of his whole, his whole life. And so the ideas of, and there's been, you know, in my own family, like my, there had an aunt who like dealt with mental health issues. So as someone who has, you know, a microphone, um, mm-hmm. like, how is it that you discuss those issues with, you know, either friends or the public? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely during COVID it's like everyone, you know, it's like, you can't even be like, Hey, I mean, everyone experienced it. So everyone's story is valid in that sense. And I, I do think COVID brought that into light. Like everyone should have a therapist. Everyone should be working on their mental health, like just as much as they're exercising or doing anything else. I'm very like careful about what I say on stage. Cause like these people who come to see any artists are like so malleable. And I'm like, dude, I'm just like anyone else. Like I don't have mm. the answers, you know, but like, I do kind of try to explain like my experience with intuition and how it's so easy to get caught up in everyone else's opinions and what they think you should be doing. You know, like even parents, like my parents didn't really want me in music, but when you have that feeling, you know, you have to follow it and it's always right. Mm -hmm. I always feel like intuition is always the the best thing, you know, hands down. And when you ignore it, it gets weaker and that's scary. That sucks. Cause then you, you have no clue. You're just like a rag doll in the wind like that person said that wait now i should do that and like i do see it like with a lot of creatives where they start with something so cool and then they're like wait a minute that person's doing that should i do that now and then you you see their art like kind of like disintegrate and it's like such a sad thing and i think you know i definitely got caught up in that during covid because i was like fuck like what do i do like i like i just felt like everything was like collapsing and I made choices based on like, you know, what like people who work at labels would think, which is so stupid. Or I did a few things that probably no one would notice, but then I had to like get back on track. And when I dropped Flowers, that song was a song that I just love so much. And the feedback was so good that I was like, okay, that's it. I'm not like listening to anyone else because a lot of people right. didn't want that song to come out, you know? So yeah. I don't, I don't know about like the overall mental health. Like for, for me, I do think keeping a routine, meditating, having a creative outlet, things like that. But I think overall intuition and trusting yourself like helps with so many life decisions. That's all I have for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, my, my, my take is like, I always, 
you know, self-identifies like I'm the fixer. I'm the type A guy. Like I'm the rock and everybody else can have problems, but I'm the until lockdown. And then all of a sudden, you know, at mm-hmm. you know, 56 years old, like all of a sudden I'm like, I'm my wheel is my wagon has some kind of crookedy wheels on it too. You know, and that was a real like revelation that, that it's not like the way that you sort of always kind of see yourself that can change, but it's okay you know, like it's okay. Like there's, if you have a cold, there's cold medicine. You break your arm. There's med- like there's mm-hmm. ways. There's ways. You know, you're not alone, and there are ways to con- to 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 wrestle with and to deal with proactively and constructively. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, and that that I think is a, is a very important message to get out. Because I mean, I grew up in a time like where mental health issues were a total stigma. Like no one. I never met anybody that ever met anybody that went to therapy. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. Yeah, like everybody would just sort of like I'm not uh, crazy, but and so, or even would acknowledge that they that they had sort of feelings. You know, <laughs> even acknowledge that. And so to be able to one, it's it's uh, this. That's why in some ways, like this record, this is the 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 record that Night Witch is on is the 21st album that I've made. You know, it's crazy. It's, it's just crazy. But it's it's in some ways, it's the first record where the, every one of those records has been authentic. And a lot of mm-hmm. times what is authentic for me is like fight the power songs and like so right. like, like that. Right. But this record, I allowed room for what was really going on. You know, there's a couple. So there's the Chris Stapleton song and the, mm-hmm. and the Bring, Bring Me the Horizon song, and even the Phanagram song, which are songs that allow like the personal to be front and center and the struggle of the personal to be front, not not the not the union struggle or the or the Black Lives Matter struggle to be front and center. Right. But it's like the personal right. struggle, like how am I going to get through Thursday and be okay and allow that into the art. That's that's crazy. Congrats, by the way, on twenty one albums. That's, that's insane. Crazy. Like <laughs> it is crazy. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. That's really cool to hear that you know, you kind of like switched it up and even let your, your own creativity kind of go in different places. Yeah. Yeah. So also like you look go so good for like being in your fifties. Like I would never even know that. <laughs> 57 right now, which is crazy, uh, which is outrageous. First of all, it's like, it's nuts. It's just, it's I think, I think being an artist, like there's this weird, like power, youthful energy that people get because I think they artists just age different. They don't yeah. even like, the, but yeah. the, the African part ha- helps a little bit too. Let me tell you, that's a little bit. That's a, that's a little little bit of it too. A little bit too. <laughs> um, okay, so let's. One of the things you sent me, like again, I said last night, sent me some stuff you'd like to talk about, and you sent me like four spectacular know, things. But just, no, just options. You don't have no, to no, no, no. But I was like, thank, I mean, fantastic. I, tell me a little bit about the resurgence of rock and roll. Oh yeah. <laughs> our listen, <laughs> our listeners will be happy to hear about it. Yeah, fuck yeah. Also, Ali Hagendorf like helps with that so much, like thank God for her because she's just like putting all these artists, you know, on the forefront on Spotify, which rules the musical yeah. world. So yeah. she really helps with that. But even like in my music, you know, I wouldn't consider myself like a rock person necessarily, yeah. but it's, it's like becoming a part of the fabric in all different types of music, hip hop, you know, if you look at like MGK, it's like mm-hmm. meshing rap and rock and, it's so cool to see it be like the leading genre in every genre at this point. And it's just even more fun on stage, you know, like I, I haven't had a full band before this tour and I have drummer, guitar player, bassist, and it just feeds the energy in such a different way. Yeah. And it's, and, and 
I was gonna say it's sick. It's cyclical. Like there's so many mm-hmm. times, so many times where like people count rock and roll out, or they count the electric guitar out. And one of the reasons why I make specifically why I make these Atlas Underground records is to assert that not only is the guitar an important instrument, but it's an instrument with a future and not just a past. You know what I mean? Yes. You know yes. What I mean? That's and a good point. There's a lot of like sort of tradition associated with the instrument and like the icons of it are people that made records 20, 30, 40, 50, 50 years ago. But it's also it's also an instrument that there's there's it does a thing that nothing else does. There's great music with plenty of great music without it. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it does right. a it does a unique there's a lane that you can't touch, you know, that when you feel that Marshall stack behind you or coming through the right. speakers is something about it that's very, very unique. So Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. And yeah. it just keeps going. So tell so there there may be there may be a number of people listening who might not be so tuned into the like when you say res- rock and roll is resurgent, tell them who you're talking about, who they should check out. Well, I mean, right now I'm on I'm on tour with a band called Waterparks. And like, you know, I don't think by any means people would have considered them rock i guess they're more like pop yeah but i mean there's just so much there's so much music right now that's like so guitar heavy it doesn't matter what genre like even if you're looking at like young thug who's like charting right now on like all the ice it's like he's a fucking rapper but like he has i'm sorry we're driving that's all right (laughs) he has that um that in there too now and even like um I guess it kind of started like really again with like Juice World, you know, yeah, like yep. which was like probably like three or four years ago now. And then after that, it really just started creeping into hip hop. I don't know. It's just everywhere. Like you can't really get away from it at this point. Like whether or not you like rock or guitar music, it's going to be there. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's very, that's very, very encouraging. It's funny. It's like when I back in the day, there was when when hip hop was first really like ascendant and people were saying that there's not going to be any more electric guitars because we can sample the guitars, right? right? right. You know, we, 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 have, we have on records all the guitars we will ever need, right? Right. And, you know, like we're going to make the guitar obsolete. But I remember reading that and going, they can, make, they can use samples to sound like an electric guitar. I can make an electric guitar sound like a sampler. Right. And you, you know what I mean? Yes. And I'm like, and I'm like, so so I'm gonna try to outflank that, <laughs> you know, and sort of come at it from an entirely different angle. All right. So you're on tour. So in in, in conclude, you're on. Let's hear some tour tips because that's a, the, the last thing. Well, I, like, w- I wanted that from you. I'm trying to oh, get tour tips from oh, you. Okay, I can give you the tour. T- I have the them. Fucking I have, go. Yeah. I have. I have. Them, I have a lot of. T- <laughs> for first of all, I was like, you're. This is the. You are. This is the van tour. So you are in the real right now. Literally. Two beds here, and then that's my bunk on the top. We It's a converted passenger van. That means you're doing it right. That means you mean it, and that means the people are going to believe every note. First of all, let me just point that out. <laughs> let me just point that out. Um, but the key, uh, uh, one of the key things that I have always taken great advantage of, and not everybody does who goes on rock and roll tours, is especially when you're in the van, is that you could, like, if you're, if you're on a tour bus or if you're flying or, or whatever, you fly over a lot of stuff and you drive mm. by you drive by a lot of stuff everywhere where you are or everywhere between point a and b has incredible stuff and whether it's yeah. or whether it's a particular tex-mex restaurant or whether it's the grave of a fallen rock and roll you know icon or things like that like i would always research that stuff and you know and found myself you know dr- whether it's along a beautiful fjord in norway or the place where 
uh, Jesse James got shot. You know what I mean? Like right. I, u- I used touring as a paid vacation to just check out the world. Otherwise, awesome. Otherwise, everywhere is Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's always there's I can an see a- that. There's an alley and a gig and a sound check and a this and a that. And you can there was I was uh, with w- talking with this other band. This was years ago, and they we were all in Paris. And I had been to the Louvre that day, and I had been doing this, that, and the other. I was going to go to this other thing. And they were playing dominoes in their room, and one guy goes, Paris sucks. I'm like, well, you, how would you know? <laughs> you haven't left just, the room. Yeah, just stuck in the, yeah. Exactly. You're stuck in the room, yeah. Anyway, so. Um, that is a good tip. It is, yeah, so so take advantage of that. But I will, it looks like you guys are on the move. But Femme, I cannot thank you enough. So the, the record's The Atlas Underground Fire. My song with Femme is one of my favorites on it. It's called Night Witch. Uh, check it out. And please check so out her good. her catalog. And if you're in, Thanks, Tom. Uh, on tour, check her out. P-H-E-M, yeah, Femme. Yeah, your album's amazing. I've been, like, listening to it a lot. Um, thank you so much, Tom. Seriously, it well, means I, a lot. Yeah, I feel I, like I'm dreaming. I appreciate you. You're great and you're badass and you're super cool and and. Stay safe out there and have a great time and best to your your band as well. All right. Thanks, Tom. I'll okay. talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks for having me. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. Until next time, take it easy, but take it. Let foes of justice tremble. This has been Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. Hear this episode again or listen to past shows right now on the SiriusXM app. Search Maximum Firepower. Oh.